Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And this is the 16th time I've read this book series. And this was the first time I read this book series. Real fans will know this callback. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Well, <laughs> Paige just pulled a super long hair off of herself. How's it going? What's good? You know... Today, when I was thinking, because I usually treat myself on Tuesdays to dinner for something nice because they're kind of a day off, kind of not a day off. It's just a a respite in the week. And I was like, I'm going to treat myself to dinner, but I feel like I should get something that's just a classic Taft meal. So I got what any normal pog would get, and I got a Cubano. It has been, I don't know if I've had a Cubano since the last time we talked about them. I really need to go for one. We have this really great local sandwich shop that just, they they make a good Cubano. And so I went, I picked my sandwich up, and the girl who was checking me out, she had a septum ring, and it was black. And so I'm like, I know she's cool. And she was like, you know, I made sure, I made sure everyone in the back changed their gloves and wiped the prep surfaces down, because I knew you had an allergy. And I was like, thank you so much. And she was like, also, I really like your shirt. And I was like, girl, stop it. Stop. She, she was hitting on you for sure. <laughs> I was, I was like blushing. <laughs> um, What's new with you? <laughs> um, not much. I hate to, I hate to just really jump right into it. But when I say not much, I mean kind of a lot. Not, I mean, not new, but this feels sort of like a little bit serendipitous that the timing of all of this, it's also incredibly bittersweet. Jacob and I talked about how this podcast is ending for like an hour this past Saturday night. And I was like low key getting emo. Um, but at the same time, it feels like the right time because I, I'm really like um, getting increased responsibilities at work. And yeah, it's just a lot of overwhelming stuff. I have to move again soon. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally I totally get that. Like just thinking about where our lives were when we started and where they are now, like we're not different people, but our lives have changed dramatically both of us. Yeah, it's really crazy to think about. Mhm. I so I've been listening through past episodes again to um get like different like timestamps and stuff and it's just so crazy to me, like hearing episodes where I'm like, I just passed my chemistry exam. Oh man, Chipotle sucks. I'm not dating anyone. And I'm like, damn, 2020 page was different. Yeah, it's so crazy. I think one day I will go back and listen when I'm ready. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to have that same experience. Yeah, it is very nostalgic, I will say. Um, it is weird having to like listen to yourself. So Give yourself some mental preparation for that. Okay, thank you. Um, we're going to hit a last recommendations corner. Do you want me to go? You want to go? I, I can go first. I don't mind. So we decided instead of like doing food like we usually do, um, maybe we'll do quotes or tips or what what you have what what have you. So I'm going to do a little a little tip where it's it's just like it really changed my attitude in going out. And my tip is wear the fucking clothes that you want to wear. Dress simply for you. And whether that be comfortable, whether that be style, like like modern styled, whether that be like 
like neutral colors or bright colors or like baggy, tight fitting, whatever you want to wear. Life is too fucking short to be wearing clothes that are uncomfortable to you, but like you're dressing for other people who are perceiving you. It's hard. I will say it's hard as someone with anxiety to like overcome that. But the more that I dress the way that I want to dress, the happier I am like physically, like the clothes are not like overstimulating me. I'm not like just like hyper conscious of like the way people are perceiving me. Like when I wear the clothes that I want to wear, that part of me, I don't have to think about because like my comfort is just to the max, you know? So I will say that like me wearing the clothes that I want to wear and that I want to buy, it just has really positively changed my life. So if that's something that you struggle with, I will say I'm on your side and I would highly, highly, highly recommend just going for it, you know? I love that. I completely second that. I'm on a little bit of a style journey, quote unquote, myself. And yeah, it's really liberating. I feel like, especially for Paige and I, who had to wear uniforms for a large portion of our life, it like, it's really important. I like, I I really wonder what my life would have been like if I didn't have to wear a uniform. Like if I had the freedom to like explore styles and like what I wanted to wear as a youth, I really wonder if I would have ended up differently. Sort of same, but I'm also like, there's a part of me that's like, thank God, because I probably would have worn some ridiculous ass shit. Yeah, it, you know, you're right. Not having to think about it was also like, I got to save that time in the morning. You know, it was just like, am I going to be wearing this red shirt with khaki pants or the sweatshirt with khaki pants? I don't know. For real. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I feel like I did in the early days of this podcast, but in middle school, literally sixth through eighth grade, I had one, count them, one skirt. So you had to like really risk it during the week. Like if there was, if there I mean, I guess you could do laundry during the week, but like we were always a weekend laundry family. Um, So like if I got a stain on that on Monday, oh no. Yep. I frequently had stains on it. I feel like buying the new uniforms, it was, like, super expensive. Yeah, it was. That's why we always did the used or the discounted or whatever the hell. But I think some of my stuff was, like, like just a little bit off shade of khaki, which, you know what, is unique, so fuck it. I'm sure any shade of khaki will make you look un, un non-unique and just like a regular girl, you know? Nothing special about you, which I think is what their goal was. It's like we've come full circle all the way back to Twilight with the khaki skirt. (laughs) It's, you know, life finds a way. It really does. It really does. Um, My recommendation isn't really a recommendation. I just wanted to share my favorite Stephen King quote because I love it. And I just feel like it's good life advice. Paige will know it because it's from it. So here's the quote. Drive away and try to keep smiling. Get a little rock and roll on the radio and go toward all the life there is with all the courage you can find and all the belief you can muster. Be true, be brave, stand. I don't know, I just love it. It's nice. It's like a good, like, moving forward line. Yes, exactly. So with that in mind, we did get a few questions from the listeners. We also came up with some questions ourselves. And then, time permitting, we might play a few snippets where Paige predicted things correctly, look at some memes. Who knows? Who knows? 
Only time will tell. Okay, our first three are from Friend of the Pod, Jem. So their first question is, if you could change one thing in any of the books or movies, what would it be? You go first. I mean, I I think this goes without saying. I would have liked um, the representation of the Quileutes and their their whole involvement to be far different than what it was. Um, I'd like some financial compensation to go to them. Um, maybe not telling their his their quote unquote history incorrectly. That's that should go without saying. Like I I don't want to make light of that. But I was thinking about this question and. Stephanie missed such a great opportunity for LGBT diversity in her books. Like, tell me Jane and Alec could not have been non-binary. Tell me they couldn't have. Tell me Alice is not bisexual. We could have had some LGBT, like, inclusion. Just a couple characters here and there would have been nice. I I think she she could have done something really great, and it would have really touched a lot of people, a lot of youths in the 2000s. And I know that Twilight has such a huge, like, campy following that, like, if there was more inclusion, I think it would have been even more beloved. So that would be one thing I would change. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about the Quilliot, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, separate from that, I would say I would eliminate the concept of imprinting because I just feel like it's not good in any of the scenarios. It hurts a lot of people and it's just fucking stupid. And I feel like it's more realistic that like, because sometimes when you say that people are like, well, how would they have figured out the love triangle? It's like, okay, well, Bella was going to end up with Edward and it's more realistic for Jacob to just like be sad and then get over it. You know what I mean? One of the things I predicted is he should have ended up with Leah. Would have been great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, we all love the enemy to lover, you know, the what is that trope or motif? I don't know. Could have been great. Could have been hot, steamy. <laughs> totally. Um, Jem's next question is really actually really similar. Um, they asked if you could take one piece of Stephanie's lore and replace it with something else, what would it be and what would it then become? Um, I'll go first on this one. Since we just had kind of a serious answer, I'll think of something silly. Um, wouldn't it be hilarious if instead of getting blood from animals, they had to get blood from insects? <laughs> okay, picture this. Bella goes over to the Cullen house for the first time in Twilight. She's wearing her khaki skirt and her red blouse or navy blouse. And, you know, she's meeting everyone. Rosalie throws her salad on the ground, you know, like the, the things that happen. And Bella walks by a door and she's like, what's behind this door? And Edward's like, don't open that. Don't open that. But it's too late. And she opens it. And it's just a room filled with crickets, <laughs> just loose crickets. He's like, no, you, the cricket room is open. They're all going to get loose. It is so unhinged, but I love it. <laughs> that would be quite hilarious. I think that, I mean, maybe there's a fanfic out there. Who knows? There's a fanfic for everything. This is a tangent, but I meant to tell you this. I found, because of TikTok, two full fan fictions of the Hunger Games series from PETA's point of view, literally book length. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I'm dead ass going to read them. (laughs) 
There was, um, I saw a TikTok of a specific line in it that left a gaping hole in my heart. We probably saw the same TikTok. <laughs> was it something like the last person who ever thought to care? Yes. About yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Literally, sometimes you'll send me TikToks, and then, like, two days later, they'll be in my FYP, and I'm like, I already saw this. <laughs> sometimes I get them in my FYP that I've already liked. Like, someone someone else has sent it to me. I've liked it. And then it shows up. I'm like, girl, you know I've seen it already. You have the evidence. Figure it out. <laughs> okay, what what piece of lore would you replace? So I I think that this would actually be really fun and non-problematic. Um, so I do know that Washington is full of, like, it's... I don't want to say Appalachians because that's a whole different breed of individual, but just people who live off the grid, who do like hunting and like, like backwoods, like, you know, living in like the forest, basically off the grid, you know, they're their own people. I think it would have been really fun to have this like family of quote unquote outcasts that everyone in Forks is like, we don't talk to the black family. I don't, they're a little, they're a little, uh, a little unhinged. We don't, we don't trust them. We don't, we don't feel them. They don't have to be indigenous. They don't have to be a real indigenous group, but they're just this, this little kooky, crazy family that can turn into werewolves. And they just so happen to be the enemies of the vampires. Like I love, I love this concept of werewolf versus vampire, but I hate that we have to like, demonize a group of real people through for it so I I like I want to keep it but I just want to change like I, I don't want to have to put entire culture of people through a fake a fake telling of their history you know so I think it would be fun to have like this like this family that's just living off the grid no one knows anything about them they wear overalls I think it would be fun yeah, I think that would be fun, too, and way less uh, problematic origin for the werewolves. Yeah. I also am pro the cricket room, so. <laughs> Add both. Okay. <laughs> Jem's final question was, what is your favorite imagery in the series? Your turn to go first. So I really enjoyed when in New Moon, when Bella was at the moment of, like, I think the, the chapter was Pressure. And it was when she was going to go cliff diving and there was, she was like coming up to the cliffs on the beach. I love the LaPush beach. I, that's one of my favorite locations from the whole book. I think it's just very like, like gloomy, cloudy, tide pools, but the forest in the background. I like, I love the imagery of that. But then in the story of pressure or the chapter of pressure, there's like these like purple green clouds in the sky. And you know, the storm is just brewing. The waves are crashing. I just, I was really, I know that that, that whole thing started a whole Bella jumping on the cliff. Oh no, she's going to kill herself. But uh, the imagery of it was really cool to me. Very like, very spooky storm of brewing. I really liked it. Yeah, that's a good one. I, for a second, I thought we were going to have the same one. Because mine is also a new moon. I don't know if it really counts as imagery. I feel like it does. But it's shortly after this where she goes home and her and Jacob kind of pass out because they're both really tired. And she describes her dream as just like basically like a flip book of images. 
And that has always really stuck with me um, because her, the last one that she remembers as she wakes up is like a scene from Romeo and Juliet. And obviously then she has her whole reflection on like, um, you know, the similarities between her and Romeo, her story and Romeo and Juliet and if she should just choose Jacob. And I don't know. I just always like, I think about that to this day, you know? Yeah. I, you know, it's, I, I see Bella, Bella and all the characters are going through these very like mature things here and there, but there's also moments where you're like, this is literally a teenager. She's going through her feels, her like middle or not middle school, her high school boyfriend and like, her second high school boyfriend and just like the memories of everything. Like there's so much of them also living like their, their youthfulness in these books as well. Yes, totally. And it's nice to have that reminder because so much of the time it's like, they just act like they're adults. I mean, Edward Cullen is her literal destiny. So (laughs) we'll get to that. Um, okay, so our next question is from Tom, and he was asking, we had mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm pretty sure it was me that mentioned it, um, that the Bronte sisters have, in, like, an influence on the book series, um, and Stephanie Meyer has come out and said that um, they were inspirations for her, so Tom was just kind of wondering if we could elaborate on that. I do gotta say, I did a little bit of research, because I knew, I kind of knew, like, vaguely, but I just wanted to have, like, some actual, real, like, fully formed ideas, so I looked at this article that was by an author named Cathal Gunning. It was on ScreenRant.com. Um, and they were basically just comparing Eclipse and Wuthering Heights, which is where the most of the Bronte influence and references are, because they talk about that book all throughout Eclipse. Um, and so what I wrote down was there's a love triangle, both the hero and the heroine, so Edward and Bella, and then... Um, Kathy and Heathcliff are like problematic and extremely flawed. Um, the words that this author used for Heathcliff was morally ambiguous, which I feel like is true of Edward. And then for Kathy, the author said indecisive and overblown passion. I don't know that Bella's indecisive, but the, <laughs> the passion is definitely overblown. And then the last thing I had from that article was the concept of being madly in love, but not being able to be together. Obviously that's not in the end true with Edward and Bella, but they like feel like it's going to be They're They're always waiting for like the other sword to fall or whatever that fucking expression is. I also, I knew this kind of before, but Jane Eyre and Bella. So Stephanie Meyer has said that she was inspired by Jane Eyre and wanted Bella to be like her. I think that's a little offensive. <laughs> Because Bella's not really like her, but they have a few similarities. So I wrote they're both bookish, they're both outspoken. Um, both their intro, their love interests become like quote unquote weak for them. Like they're very powerful, but they both like kind of become like weak and docile in their presence. And then um, this was from the internet. I didn't write on who wrote it, <laughs> but it says. Um, Jane Eyre is proof that you don't have to be rich or beautiful to be interesting. And I feel like Stephanie is stretching with that one because she is so much trying to make Bella so not like other girls. So I just feel like that was a good comparison, too. I also do remember that I I don't remember the man's name in Jane Eyre, but I do remember I did not like him. 
for a lot of the book. So it, it all kind of lines up. <laughs> it's going to bother me, so I'm looking it up. Oh, his, his first name is Edward, L-M-F-A-O. Right? <laughs> it's fitting. It is, which makes sense because remember that scene in Twilight slash, slash Midnight Sun where Belle is like dreaming and saying his name, but it's actually just like a fictional character, but it is also about him. I also remember, I think in Midnight Sun, Edward says something to the effect of like, I don't like reading these books because everyone's named Edward or something like that. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think he says something along the lines of like, I'm glad that my name is like a little bit out of fashion now because I would always turn around when people would call my name or whatever. Yes, I think that was it. Something like that. Yeah. Um, any further thoughts on the Bronte sisters? I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think I've had a single thought about the Bronte sisters since maybe 2013. Valid. <laughs> okay, this next question is just for you. Um, and Jacob, it's from uh, Boyfriend of the Pod, Jacob. And he was like really wanting and caring about this answer. So do you have final thoughts about the series as a whole? And did you like it? Like, did you enjoy reading it? Final thoughts. I fully understand the hype. I totally get it. I was not the target audience for this book series. So I think if I had read this at a younger age, I would have been extremely captivated. I I did like it. I think because I also like associate it. I mean, the movies are I love the movies so far. You know, there's one left to watch. Um, and you know, I know the grip that Twilight the franchise has on society, and it is very fun for me now to be to get to be able to participate in that. And while you know I didn't grow up with it, like getting to be a part of that now is still very fun. So. I did I did like it and I think part of that is because of the like feelings of getting to do this podcast and also like getting to be a part of the community too. I was not the target audience for the book and I acknowledge that. I'm I don't want to say that the books were bad because like they're not meant for an adult woman, you know, they're meant for for a youth a youthful audience. I would totally have loved this book series if I read it as in middle school or in high school, for sure. I know that. I had a feeling that's where you were going to go with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's really fun to be able to like, I feel like I don't want to get too philosophical, but I feel like um, with like the extreme like diversification of media, there are less things that like a lot of people participate in. Like if you think about like the Super Bowl, like everyone's doing that. That's one of like the few la like things left that everyone is doing basically at the same time and like all commenting on the internet together. Obviously Twilight, it's not all at the same time, but like it obviously has been a trend in the past few years. So like, I don't know, it's just fun to like find that because I have definitely been on the side where I'm like, I want to talk to someone about this thing that I like, but no one, no one knows about it. I think that's also really interesting that you bring it up because I did not engage with any Twilight content at all until 2020. And to me, it's like all over TikTok. It's all over Instagram. Now, that's partly because of the algorithm. I will admit that. But I think, too, 
just in the past, like since Midnight Sun came out and since the movies were added on Hulu and on Netflix that like, I don't know what the, what people were talking about beforehand, but I feel like participating in it now would be different compared to like participating in it maybe like five years ago or six years ago, like even just a little bit longer ago. Like I, I don't know when the Twilight Renaissance really started, but I'm curious what the time at the end of when it was hot and then that time in between before the Twilight Renaissance started, like how how big was it? How much was it talked about? How much were people participating? Because to me, it seems like a lot of people are participating and I see it a lot. And that's partly due to algorithm. But I feel like also, too, it's partly because because of the Twilight Renaissance and like people revisiting it as adults and like getting to participate in that thing that they did as kids. And I don't know. I'm curious. I feel like I can't really speak to that because I feel like, you know, in that period, I was just like, and sort of towards when the movie, the last few movies were coming out, I was kind of like focused on other things. So I don't really know, but I do feel like it probably wasn't as nearly as popular as it is now. Yeah. I think too, like the people who are participating in the twilight like memes and content are online are like young millennials slash older gen z's like the people who were teenagers and middle schoolers when all the twilight content was coming out so getting to now participate in it as an adult and like laugh at the things that are funny and like talk about the things that need to be talked about in a serious way and revisiting characters i think it's fun for people to like revisit it in a new light i guess yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's a larger trend in pop culture in general of like nostalgia. That's huge in the marketing world right now, too. So, yeah, it was just like good timing for us. Yeah, I, I don't want to say we're writing we're writing Twilight's curtails, but yeehaw. I feel like it's coattails. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> What's a curtail? I don't know. I feel like that is a word, but I don't know what it means. I'm going to look it up. I don't th- I don't know if it's a word. I'm going to be honest. So curtail, C-U-R-T-A-I-L, means reduce in extent or quantity. But curtail does not appear to be a word. Okay. Well, at least you were, you, that's what the word I was thinking of. So I, I thought it was legit. I don't know. Uh, coattails is what I was going for. So we'll leave it at that. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Our next question is from Caroline. It's really like a few questions in one, which we love Caroline. Okay. So if you were going to write a fan fiction in the twilight universe, what would it be about? Who would the, who would be the main characters and what's the plot twist? And then she has a sub question too, which I'll, I'll say, I'll read after we answer, but you go first page. I thought about this question a lot. And I was going over things in the book series as a whole that to me, I'm like, I want to know more. I want more information. And obviously there's a lot in Breaking Dawn where it's like, I'd love to read more about Benjamin. Oh, I'd love to read more about um, Alec and, and Jane and their backstory before they were humans or before they were vampires. But I, I think what I what would be a really fun writing exercise might be Alice's backstory like that her time 
at the mental asylum with this vampire doctor, like before Carlisle. I don't I don't even know. Was he a doctor? Was he like a, like someone who just worked at the facility? But I think that would be a cool story to explore, like her time as a human, what she was going through mentally that like, you know, we know that the gifts that the vampires have were something that was maybe present as a human, but then get amplified when they're vampiric. So like exploring what Alice's powers were like as a human and her time at this asylum and maybe the relationships that she's made. And like, I I think it would be a really fun and exciting and just interesting thing to explore. And maybe like James, like on the prowl, seeing Alice and like being like, I want to change her. Like, I think it would be cool, you know? Yeah, I had never thought of that, and that would be really awesome, because I feel like she's one of the characters we get the least backstory on. Right, and it's like, she was the one I wanted the most backstory on. Right, yeah. Yeah, she gave us crumbs. Yeah, I'm, like, picking up every last morsel, wanting just the most. You're like the Grinch, remember, when he, like, comes back for, like, a crumb? (laughs) Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, my answer to this is it doesn't even have to be a main or a named character, but I would write a fan fiction about a student at Forks High School who, like, just has to know what the fuck is up with the Collins, does all their own research, figures it out, and then just observes how Bella gets involved with them and, like, goes to that graduation party that they have and is like, damn, these are vampires. You know, like, I just, I'm obsessed with, like, the peripheral observation of these people. Okay, I'm following. I'm I'm yes anding that. Tell me that is not fucking Angela. Tell me she does not know. She fucking knows. You know the relationships where it's like fish that eat off of sharks' teeth and like the fish get to have a little snack and they know they're safe because the sharks need the hy- hygienic cleaning of them eating the plaque. And it's like they know they know that the shark is a dangerous creature, but where they fit in the ecosystem, they're safe. I feel like Angela totally could fit into that role. She knows there's something awry. She's been watching Bella. She's close with Bella. She sees the Cullens. She goes to that graduation party, but she knows that they're not going to hurt her because she's a good person. She's friends with Bella. She knows she's safe, but she is taking notes. She got into college. She had 200 college announcements to send out. She's smart. She's taking notes. I know it. Yeah, I could see it. I am really into the appeal of, like, it just being a rando that we never heard about, you know? That would be funny. I I think it would be fun. Yeah, but I'm glad that you bring Angela up because Caroline's sub-question, which I will answer first what would your sexy fan fiction be about slash who would be featured? I just want, I don't care that I have to yeetus, deletus Jasper for this. I would love for Jasper to never have existed and for Alice and Angela to end up together because I feel like they would be the ultimate power couple. They're like complete opposites. You know, Alice is like very uh, energetic in your face and Angela is very calm, but I don't want Angela to have to turn into a vampire. So I don't really know how that would work, but that's my answer. Very, very interesting. I I never put I never put the two of them together, but I feel like Alice would find Angela charming. Yes. She would like want to protect her and stuff. It'd be sweet. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like Alice has, or I'm sorry, I feel like Angela has a little more common sense than Bella. Like, I think one funny thing I love about Alice is that she's always like, just like, one of the last things she said in Breaking Dawn that made me laugh was like, oh, as if Bella. Like, I I feel like she has that attitude a lot. And I feel like she would appreciate that Angela, like, critically thinks things through sometimes and, like, has a good common sense on her shoulders, you know? Yes, definitely. What would your sexy fan fiction be about? I mean, we've we've talked about this in the past. I'm very pro-Bella and Leah. I think that that would be really fun. Um, I'm thinking of something that would be actually, like, quite fun and charming. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. We mentioned this relationship, I think, in one of the very last episodes. And when we were talking about it then, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Hmm. I know. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? Are you going to say Emma and Jacob? Yes. (laughs) I think it could be very saucy. I could, too. And I totally see Rosalie being okay with, like, open relationships. So mm-hmm. I feel like it could work. I I just like I I'm I'm picturing that they're playing rugby one day, the two of them, and things just get a little out of hand. Oh no. How did my lips fall upon your lips? Oh my gosh. It was an accident. But is it more? I don't know. I, I, I need to stop now before it gets too hot. <laughs> they wear shorts together on their dates. Oh my god. Oh, thank you for that wonderful question, Caroline. Okay, we have a few from Sky. Um, after the pod, will you still be checking your tapped emails, Insta, Twitter, etc.? We are deleting them immediately. No. <laughs> yes, we will be still checking them. I mean, I have everything on my phone. Paige has everything on her phone except for Twitter. So, yes, feel free to still hit us up there. And then we're just both going to plug our individual social medias because, like, neither of us are on private. We don't give a shit. So um, feel free to follow me on Instagram because that's really the only place I ever post. I don't post on TikTok. I love it, but I don't post on it. Um, my Instagram is my name, <laughs> which is Emily Loof, L-O-O-F. Hit me up. And I know I've mentioned my stuff in the past. My Instagram is the same as my Twitch. It's Paige or Pog. P-A-I-G-E-O-R-P-O-G. I was holding Tina, sorry. And then my TikTok, as mentioned previously in a past episode, is Lil, L-I-L, Lil Onion 666. I do post there not frequently, but enough. Um, so yeah, watch for viral videos. You know, I've made three already. Who knows? The world, The world can't stop me now. Um, Sky's next question is related. How will we find out if you come back to do the host or another series so we can listen? The best way to do that, and again, we have no promises. We really don't know if we'll want to come back and do more at some point. But the best way to do that would be to subscribe. Like, literally hit subscribe on whatever you listen to. Like, whatever app you listen to us on. Because then, if we do end up coming back, we'll, like, release the episode in the same feed. So that you can, and and you'll get like notified about it. 
And I'm sure if, if that is something that we do intend to to go with, we'll post something like on our Instagram or so, something along the lines. If you're following on social media, we'll probably make some kind of little announcement there. Yes, definitely. Okay, Sky's last question is for Paige. Do you remember how Chipotle makes their sofritas? Okay, Sky, this might be a bummer. Um, sofritas came in a bag. I don't know. It was pre-made. We would open up the bag, put it in a pot, heat it up, and then put it in a pan. So could not tell you. Sorry. That's such a bummer. Oh, my God. <laughs> the carnitas also came in a bag. Not the carnitas. And the barbacoa, baby. Oh, my God. You're exposing the hell out of Chipotle. I love it. I mean, to be honest, like, it's not that bad. Like, if for fast food, you're getting, like, pretty good quality food. Like, I didn't feel bad about eating it 80 times a week because I was like, I know everything I'm putting in my body. I know it's not bad, you know? So I don't know where what's what's in the bag. But I feel confident that it's not terrible for you. I do have to say, Sky hits on a important note that people are sleeping on. The Sofritas, it, it the Sofritas have divided our country. I will say that. I know Jenna Marbles was anti-Sofritas. I am pro-Sofritas. I think they're good. I like to go half chicken, half Sofritas. I think it's a good flavor combo. They hold heat really well, so they'll melt the cheese all melty, and it's a vegan option. So, I don't know. I like the Sofritas. I don't know what boyfriend of the pod Jacob feels, because I know he's veg, but I I think they're a good vegetarian-vegan option. I think they're tasty. Uh, uh, Mouthfeel, it's a little, like, squishy soft, but, like, you add some crunch in there, add some lettuce, you know, you're good to go, baby. Add some chips, it's good. If all else fails, just down it in salt and it'll taste good. Because the chipotle salt is delicious. It's coarse grain. Yes, ma'am. Dude, when my kitchen flooded, I had to throw out one of the boxes of salt and it was horrible. Oh my god. Tragic. I know, but I still have a full one. So that's good. That's good. Okay, the next two questions are for me. So I guess you're going to get sick of my voice. But... (laughs) Um, Paige had asked these for me. Um, so that is the end of our listener questions. And then these we came up with for each other. So which was your favorite book as a kid slash growing up? And is it different now? I think ultimately it's not different now. My favorite book was Twilight. Um, I don't know. I just feel like nothing like the sequels. It's a it's a. Not stereotype. What's the word? It's a oh, it's a cliche. But I feel like the sequels can never, you know, live up to the original. Even though I do like them, I just feel like Twilight hit me on a different level. And I'll always always have that, like, nostalgic feel for it. Um, I think I still like it the best. I definitely liked New Moon a lot better this time around. Because I absolutely fucking hated it when I was a kid. Because I was like, where's the N-word? But now I really like it. And I really like reading Jacob and Bella's um, scenes together. It does make me a little sad knowing where it ends. But yeah. Do you want to comment on that at all? Well, I know that one of the questions for me is what my favorite book is. And if you're if you're OK, I'll piggyback on mine. Yeah, go for it. 
Ooh, my mom is calling me. Give me just a second. Okay. Hey. Hi. Can I call you back? Yeah, you doing your uh, podcast? It's the it's the very last episode. Hi, Brenda. Just call later. I was just checking. Nothing urgent. I just was calling the chat. Okay. I'll call you in a, in a bit. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Sorry. That that was iconic that Brenda came on to our last episode. We could not have planned that better. <laughs> she she knew. I mean, and when I said, um, she, she knew we were doing it before I even said we were doing it. I know. I love her so much. <laughs> okay. Anyways. I have to agree. When I was thinking about all the books in total and how I felt at the end of every book, Twilight was the one that I felt the best at the end because I hadn't read Midnight Sun. I didn't know the way that Edward was feeling. I was like, that was like a pretty good wrap up. Like, even though there wasn't, even though Bella is acting a little like unbelievably, I, you know, there was action, there was romance, like it hit everything I, I was expecting it to hit, you know, it, it covered all the topics I was expecting and it wrapped up nicely. There wasn't anything that left me feeling like too bad in inside. And it, the movie, the, the Twilight movie is the best one. I, I've enjoyed the movie Twilight more than any of the other movies. So I think I have to say Twilight. I, you know, we get more of character development, obviously, in other books. But if I had to just analyze each book individually, how I felt reading it, how I felt at the end, I think the best I felt and the happiest I was when I was done was in Twilight. I love that. Yeah. And if the question was, which has the best soundtrack and you have any answer other than New Moon, you're canceled. Canceled. And also I'm calling your work and getting you fired. <laughs> Period. Okay, so the next question for me from Paige was, what are the main differences you see in the books from your reading of it as a younger person compared to now in your 20s? This is like a surprisingly hard question. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think there's differences in the books. I think it's just how it lands is different, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I feel like the main thing is that I, it's a lot less dichotomized for me. Like, I feel like I loved the main romance, and so, like, anything that got in the way of that was, like, annoying to me, and I, I kind of bought into, like, Stephanie's bullshit of, like, Rosalie's evil, or, like, Leah's a bitch, you know, like, things like that, where I feel like I'm able, as a as an adult now, to, like, see nuances in people, and maybe, against Stephanie's will, like, care about characters that are smaller, or, like, like, you think about, um, Embry, who, like, is shook as fuck when Quill and Jacob join the pack because he doesn't know what's going on. Like, that that storyline really hit me. I don't know. I just feel like I there's just so much more nuance, which I feel like is understandable reading it as an adult. You also have to take into consideration the amount of learning and education you've gone through in the, I don't know, the past 12 or so years since you read them for the first time. So you have an entirely different worldview and perspective that you're bringing to the table that you didn't have when you were 12, you know? Yes, definitely. And like Paige said earlier about changing something in the books or movies, like I think it goes without saying that obviously like I see the issues with it now 
where I definitely was like naive and um, just uneducated when I read it the first time. So I didn't really see the issues back then. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's great to like go back and look at the things, just relook at the at, at things that you really, really like and hold a critical lens to it and see, you know, what needs improvement and, you know, kind of just holding things accountable. Yeah, I mean, that was your and I's goal with this entire podcast. And I feel like we did it to him, you know? We did it. It's kind of weird. Okay, so the next question is, um, this is for, the rest are for both of us. Um, what has been your favorite part about doing this podcast and or favorite memory? You go first. I've been talking a lot. I I mean, I know we've talked about this many times in the past few episodes but when we started this podcast it was we were in the trenches of 2020 like the pandemic had started several months before and we were navigating things from home and just what how life was changing and not being able to see friends and family and having this interaction every week that I knew that I knew that I was going to have time to spend with a friend that I really cared about and like getting to read for fun and also just the thought of getting to part like I said before getting to participate in something like this for the first time it just was very it was it was almost like a uh, something supporting me through the past couple years, like, you know, I've gone through school, multiple job changes, multiple different roommates, and just knowing that this was something reliable and something that I could count on every week, give or take, you know, every once in a while something came up, but just knowing that, like, I had this in my life, it was stable. It was, it was nice to have something like that through a very tumultuous time. So, you know, when I listen back to episodes from the past, it's just, it's warm to think about that, like, we've gone through it the past couple years, and we've made it out the end, and we've made something fun through it all. So I think for me, it's just like, just getting to spend time with you and do something fun and meme worthy and fun and funny. And I, I don't know, uh, not to be a sap, but yeah, I think that's, that's my answer. I think I have a fucking tree branch in my eye. I'm so emotional. <laughs> um, that's so nice. Thank you. Um, honestly, like, my response is really similar. Um, when I first had the idea to do this podcast, like, no one else crossed my mind. Like, there was never, like, oh, I could do it with this person or this person. I was like, I should do this podcast with Paige. Because at the time, like, we really weren't seeing each other much and talking, um, you know, as much face to face as we can, um, which this is I ca- I consider this face to face, even though it's on the computer. But, you know, she's really my oldest friend, the person who's been in my life the longest, like other than my family. And I just really missed you. And I was like, if she's like, I, I really didn't know if you were going to like go for it, to be honest. And then when you did, and we just kept doing it, like you said, through all the, like, life changes. I mean, I've gone through a lot of them, too. Um, literally, like, moved cities. So, yeah, it's just been, like, so good to spend time with one of my best friends. And there's way too many um, memories to pick a favorite one. But, like, there's definitely standouts of, like, us doing our goofy Instagram lives or, like, when Jem sent us a package of, like, 
the most amazing gifts and like this painting that they made and like you know the episode where we talked about like the real Quileute history and just like there's all these very vivid bright warm memories that I have that I will keep with me forever now I have the tree branch in my eye (laughs) god damn it Man, we are just, we're, we're the corn now. We're the corny ones. But it's cute. I love it. Yeah, we've come full circle to where we made fun of everything for being corny to now we're being corny. I do also, I, I will also say, and I think this goes without saying, Jacob, boyfriend of the pod, Jacob, has brought this up to me many times on TikTok. And I think that you will as well. That anytime any Mariners or Marlin content comes our way, I'll never live it. I'll never live it down. As you should. Pay for life. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this has crossed anyone else's TikTok for you, Paige, but there's a uh, a guy who's like bad at sports and he does like sports yes. teams. Yes. He'll do like logos and he has to name the sports teams. And somehow the Mariners and Marlins got mixed up like multiple times. So those videos, they popped on my For You page as if from the hand of God. <laughs> the, the FYP really said For You that day. Side eye emoji. <laughs> okay. Um, we have a few more questions and then a few other things that we want to do. Um, so the next question is, if you could be any character in the series, who would you be? I'll go first. It's easy for me. Emmett. I wish that I could have just that level of like acceptance happiness with his circumstances like I have never been even 10% as unbothered as Emmett is and I I just feel like it'd be so relaxing I I have to agree I mean my other my my option number two would be Benjamin simply because I could live my avatar fantasy land and he also has a level of whimsical carefreeness that I think, I think him and Emmett would actually get along really well if they spent more time together. Um, But I have like, I've never been that carefree. I've never been that content and happy with my life. Like almost got mauled by a bear, ended up, ended up being saved by the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth. And she wants to spend time with me. Are you kidding me? Like, you're right. He is the true winner. The true only choice. Amen. And I want to wear jorts. <laughs> what if we kissed on the jouch? Haha, <laughs> <laughs> JK, unless. <laughs> okay, the last official question. And then, like I said, we have some other stuff. Um, final verdict. Team Edward or Team Jacob? You cannot say Team Charlie Hawk, because that's what we've been doing the whole time. you got to pick one. I'm so curious to hear who you will say, Paige. I was racking, racking my brain on this question for the past many days after I proposed it. I really think that Stephanie did Jacob dirty. I want to be Team Jacob. I really want to be Team Jacob. But I think his circumstances, the way that Stephanie gave him his circumstances, I just can't, I can't, I can't get over the unsolicited kiss. I can't, I I cannot get over it. 
And sure, maybe you could argue it's the imprinting. It's because Renesme is in her and he can't stay away. But I just like that for me is like, I can't get over that. And while I don't care for Edward that much more, he's done some very questionable things in the early books as well. I I can see positive growth for Edward throughout the books. Not great, not perfect, but I can see growth. I can see a, some growth with Jacob, but I see more growth with Edward and I see more positive movement with Edward and him trying to trying to accept Jacob and like trying to like do the right thing for Bella. And I know that he's he's what Bella wants. I know that. So I begrudgingly say Team Edward, but I want to be Team Jacob more. I want to be Team Jacob, but I can't I can't relinquish that. I cannot I can't I can't say that I am. So I will begrudgingly say Team Edward. I really respect that. My answer is really similar. It's interesting because I feel like some people, when they ask this question, they're saying, like, if you were Bella, I always interpret it as, like, who do you think should, quote unquote, win? So for me, it's Team Edward for a lot of the reasons that you just said, Paige. And also when it comes to this kind of thing of like ship wars or whatever, I always just pick whoever the character picks. Like, if Bella wants to fucking date Edward, that's her business. You know what? She she picked, and we got to respect it, even if we don't like it. it. That's so true. One thing that I really, really took out of this book, and I'm really glad that I read this with you because you helped keep me accountable for things that I missed. One thing that you really, you were an advocate for was Bella's own agency. Bella's own choice for in, in many books for many different reasons you always advocated for her and like even if we think that her choice is stupid it's still her choice and you know like we have to respect that like like she she could always choose to go one way or the other and she's choosing this way and I mean that's her choice to make and as like if I was reading this solely by myself, I think I would, you know, I wouldn't take that into consideration. I'd just be like, that's silly. Like, why would you do it that way? So I've always really appreciated that you've been an advocate for her and her own agency. And so I appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you saying it. One thing I'm gonna do is ride for my homie Bella. Um, this is actually really on brand for me too, because at the time when these books came out. If you know, you know, I always said I was team Switzerland, which is something that Bella says in Eclipse. So it was like a thing in the fandom to be like, I don't want to pick. I just want Bella to be happy. I literally had it in my email signature. I wish I was kidding. So I guess I really haven't changed that much. That just reminded me. Do you remember when we started recording where I was like, I was going to ask you something. It was something that you brought up and I was like, oh, I got to write that down. Yeah, I just remembered it. You said in a past episode that there's a huge snail community in regards to Edward. What is that? I don't really understand it. I feel like I came into it when it was already too late to really get it. But like, it started on Tumblr for sure. I think he's, he uses the word effervescent at some point in the books. 
And then like a Tumblr user like saw that word applied to snails in some other context. And so like it became like Edward loves snails or something. That's probably like half wrong, but that's my understanding of it. Interesting. It reminds me of the episode titled The Effervescent Randy Jackson. (laughs) Yes, that's probably where I got that word. I think you used it, though. I think I did, because you were like, you're, you've are you tapped into the Twilight community and you don't even know. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's super funny. Well, that's a good transition into Paige had gone through sort of like a speedy re-listen um, to find some things that she predicted correctly. So we thought it'd be fun to kind of play the just brief clips. Um, the audio quality is not going to be great because I'm just going to play it from Spotify on my phone. <laughs> but... Yeah, I think it'll be fun to kind of listen back and hear what you predicted correctly. So, okay, so this one is from episode two, which was actually our first episode covering the books, um, because our first episode was an introduction. So let me get to... Because I'm assuming this is Bella. Um, If I die, I guess this will be the way that I die. And I'm like, okay, Bella, calm down. Like, you're really about to die. Like, maybe have a little more, like oh no attitude about it but I'm I was I was weirdly intrigued I guess nice yeah I mean let me just say get used to it because you are gonna have to get used to that attitude with Bella because she never has an oh no ever (laughs) that's really funny (laughs) literally the first episode (laughs) yeah like the first 10 minutes of the first episode it's so funny. It's so funny. Okay, the next one is from episode five. Tells Jacob to come visit her in Forks, which again is kind of gross after how she just treated him. But she says he was someone I could easily be friends with. I'm like, all right, sis, as long as you make sure you don't lead him on. I'm just saying. I have nothing but a bad feeling. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the second one kind of I feel like if I am remembering that right there's some kind of switch in the second one where Jacob seems to be more the male of Bella's dreams I could not tell you what happens but I feel like I do remember her being more with him um so something good has to happen at some point where she turns from just wanting to use him for information to actually being interested in him romantically but I don't know I don't know what her motives will be I don't know really anything I'm just trying to piece together what little information I have already oh my god that was about Jacob in case you couldn't tell from context (laughs) yikes I'm dead at that I have nothing but a bad feeling it's spot on (laughs) it was spot on Okay, so now we're skipping ahead to episode 51. This was Paige's, like, prime um, on-the-nose prediction. I personally don't remember, so I'm excited to hear. But it was when we were covering New Moon, and it was about vampire babies. It's not even a prediction. I just asked you a question very offhandedly, and I'm just shocked that you weren't like, what? (laughs) I, I have gotten compliments from our listeners on, like, keeping my cool, which I appreciate because sometimes it was hard. Okay. Can I ask a question? You might not even be able to answer it or even know if it's a thing or not, but I was just curious. So in werewolf stuff, there seems to be a um, heredit- 
hereditariness of it. It's inherited, and you're basically born with the supernatural things. Vampires, on the other hand, are turned, but can there be natural vampire babies? Like, like if if Alice and Jasper had a baby, would it automatically be a vampire, and would it be super strong? According to Stephanie Meyer's rules that she set on her own universe, vampire women cannot become pregnant because their bodies cannot change. Oh. So they don't ovulate or anything like that. Oh, okay. Honestly, that was iconic of me <laughs> to be like, well, technically. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm hearing like the cadence of your voice. It was unwavering. Like it did not make me think in the moment at all. Clearly you can tell that like there was something to be known there. You know, like you just answered it very flatly. Like it was nothing special. And I'm like, how was she not screaming? What can I say? I was born to be a liar. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I'm actually a really bad liar, so I don't know how I got away with it. But So we're skipping ahead just a few episodes to 55. And this is when Paige first predicts that Bella is a shield, which that one was really hard for me to not be like. <laughs> so question. Why do you think that Alice and Jasper's powers work on Bella? But people like Edwards and Arrows and Janes don't. That's a good question. I never even really thought about it. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I mean, Bella must just have some some shield to her that blocks these powers. I didn't even think about that Jasper's and Alice's work. Maybe it's Maybe it has to do with, like, how those powers are used like obviously Jane's is aggressive and he is used to hurt others obviously it's a very physical power and I feel like Edwards and Arrows could be used to take advantage or to like have the upper hand in situations to like best the person that they're trying to use it on whereas Alice and Jasper use their powers to help. So I don't know if it's some kind of protection, her, her own body protecting her from things that are going to hurt her. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Silent scream. Okay. Um, and then again, skipping a few, just a few ahead to, Episode 58. This one was just funny to me. That I was like, I was making a joke about the Loch Ness Monster, and I was like, didn't even know that it was going to be relevant. That's so funny. Okay. You know what? I'll get into I'll get into Bella's psychology in a little bit. But I'll read this back jacket one. It's short. In the dead silence, all the details suddenly fell into place for me with a burst of intuition. Something Edward didn't want me to know. Something that Jacob wouldn't have kept from me. It was never going to end, was it? This is it. This is where the Loch Ness Monster comes into play. I would have thrown the book across the room as a, t- as a 12-year-old or however old I was when I read this and that happened. Honestly, the, the, what did end up being Loch Ness Monster-like also made me want to throw the book across the room. So, 
you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> okay, we have one more skipping way ahead to episode 88. Wait, no. 82. This one was so hard for me to not laugh at. I remember this one because it was in Breaking Dawn, so it was pretty um, recent. But So I think it's going to be something big, and I think we know what it's going to be. And I, I think it's going to be that. So we'll see. Okay. To go on your theory, I heard Tina just go. To go on your theory, if that is the case, how do you think the main two are going to react? Like, what do you think they're going to, Bella and Edward are going to, like, be feeling if that is the case? Just to interject here, we're talking about Bella being pregnant. I think that Edward is going to be really happy. I can totally see that. Although confused, I think that he'll be happy to share that bond with Bella. (laughs) I cannot believe when you said that, I was like, girl. (laughs) At least for that. I found out like the next chapter that I was wrong. It wasn't like like years of build up or anything or like like it took books to get to the truth. Like literally the next chapter he calls the baby it. So <laughs> Yeah, true. I'm pretty sure I clowned you the next chapter when we were like I was like, remember when you thought he was gonna be happy or whatever? Yeah, yeah. The the runner ups for being played are the many episodes where I'm like, Jacob and Leah are definitely going to end up together. Like multiple episodes. I'm like, I don't know. I think Stephanie is really building up to them ending up together. I, why would she bring it up if it wasn't going to be true? You know, I was the clown in that, in that moment. Yeah. In your defense, I, not to toot my own horn, but also to toot my own horn. I remember like the first or second time you brought it up, I intentionally was like, Ooh, that would be crazy. Like, I made some sort of comment that was, like, supposed to make you think that I was, like, kind of mad that you had predicted it. But it, the only reason I did that is because I was so sure that you were going to get spoiled on the imprinting, and I needed that live reaction. <laughs> My trauma is your content. My comedy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so the last thing that we're going to do, and Paige and I have to go back on camera for this because we've been off camera because our internet is not cooperating. And this might not even translate, but I'm going to show Paige a few memes, and it might, like, the fact that we're not showing you the memes might just make it suck really bad. So if you're hearing this, it means it doesn't suck, because if it does suck, I'm just going to cut it out. Okay. I don't feel like this is going to translate at all, but I feel like we're going to enjoy it. So it's so weird to describe a meme. Like, I feel like I can't. I mean, you you could just supply them and be like, these were the memes that we were looking at. You know, it doesn't have to be like, like, you enjoy them too, you know? So like, yeah, just stop, like, cut the recording here because it's just going to be you laughing. But include them and be like, Paige laughed at all of these. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm leaving that laugh in, and we're all back from our meme excursion, folks. They're excellent. They're really, really, really excellent. And I I love that now, if I ever see a meme format that applies, I can apply it. Yes, ma'am. And you better post it for all of us to see. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, well, we were on our excursion. You said you had uh, a question. Okay, so I don't know if you even know the answer to this, but I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, hmm, I wonder. So, the vampires being in the proximity of the Quileute people causes them to start the transformations. Do you know if it's a kind of thing where if they were to leave, like, and no vampires were to be in that land for a period of time, would they stop changing? Or is it like once it's turned on, it's turned on for good? As far as I understand it, it's like once they shift, they have that in them forever. I think it's the vampire presence at the moment of like, because I think we're supposed to assume that it's like around puberty. So I think like if they're not around during that time, it probably won't happen. Okay. Because I was going to say if that like my brain, I thought that, like, if the vampires were to leave, it would stop them from doing it, but I also wasn't sure, like, obviously we see when they get angry, that's what causes them to change into werewolves, so after it's been turned on, can they never experience anger again for the rest of their lives without having to fear that that's going to happen, or, like, after all this has happened, could, hypothetically, Bella and all the vampires move away and let the Quileutes live the rest of their lives without needing to worry about that. I I honestly wasn't sure how the lore was set up or like the dynamics of it. Yeah. And I, it is explained too, that they like gain control over phasing over time and that they will resume aging if they stop phasing. So I feel like if the vampires left, then they would probably be able to do that, which I assume that most of the pack would want to do because they have human partners. So like they, you know, it'd be sad for them to like outlive them. Yeah, I agree. Like, they t- they can take Charlie, and they can move to, I don't know, Switzerland, and live a really good life over there, and not have to uh, force anyone to do anything that they don't want to do. Yeah, agreed. Um, We'll do some final wrap-up thoughts. Any other questions you have before we do that? I don't. I don't think so. I, obviously, now if I do have questions, I can Google them. I don't have to worry about spoilers. So, you know, that's a one really nice thing. Amen. That's true. Okay. Well, at this point, this time of recording the podcast, we have already written the sappy ass caption that you'll be seeing on our socials that goes with this uh, episode. So, yeah, I don't want to like repeat, be too repetitive of it, but. I'm sure I'll forget people, but this community has been so amazing. Anne, Jem, Meredith, Sky, Hannah, Tom, Ads, Angela, Hope, Emily, Caroline, Josh, friend of the pod, Remy, friend of the pod, Camille. Happy wedding, Camille, Alexandra, you guys rock. Hell yeah. Liliana, Mike, boyfriend of the pod, Jacob. Boyfriend of the Pod, Danny, all of you people out there who have been with us for a little while or for a long time, like you are our friends and we're really glad that you shared part of this journey with us. And yeah, I mean, we said it in the caption, but we hope that you will always remember to be yourself and be happy in who you are because you're the only you're the only version of you, you know. And we are just 
ever so thankful that even like two of you wanted to listen to us, let alone like this little community we've created. It's to this day, we've said it time and time again, it's like jaw dropping that just this fun little passion project that Emily thought up one day that we just decided to do and it, people like it and people like want to participate and we get to do it together. And, you know, it's like, it's made such an impact on, I mean, I can say for myself, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I would think that it made an impact on your life too, in a, a huge way. And it's just been so humbling and getting to meet everyone and talk with everyone and share all these fun memories has just been absolutely stellar babes. So thank you. Yep. Totally agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's corny, but I've had so much fun with you, Paige, and I love you, buddy. I love you too. You know, I know we've 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 talked about corn a lot, but I think we need to acknowledge like the roots of our friendship, corn nuts. That is a deep and old inside joke that Paige and I have, but it was beautiful that she just brought it up because I kind of forgot about it. (laughs) As a reminder to all our patrons and donors, um, we will be having our Breaking Dawn watch party on March 12th, which is a Sunday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Please keep in mind that is daylight savings time. So just maybe just like Google, they have like really accurate clocks on the internet where you can type in the actual date and then what time it will be where you are. So that way it'll account for daylight savings. Um, And if you have not given us your discord username and four digit code, looking at you, Meredith, (laughs) I'm just kidding. No shame, no shame. Um, Please get it to us before then. So we can um, add you to the discord server ahead of time. We will be hitting play at exactly 11. So maybe come a few minutes early and it's going to be fun because Paige and I will be together in person. It will be so fun. We'll be screaming and crying and shitting and pissing. Um, I feel like a good way, the best way, the only way to end this um, is to share with y'all once more the information on the Quileutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. Obviously an amazing cause that we've been so honored that some of you have supported in the name of our podcast over the past couple years we will be making a final donation with our Patreon earnings from the past two months to the the effort. And we hope that you will check it out. You will donate if you have the means. Um, if not, just spread the word and always um, keep it in your mind for, for going forward. We don't want people to forget about it. So all of that information is at mthg.org. And as Twilight has withstood the, the sands of time, so too have the Quileutes, the real people behind, I mean, kind of the whole thing. And, you know, our podcast is going to exist on Spotify until Spotify probably doesn't exist. And we are going to be screaming that message until this podcast is no more and even afterwards. So if you're going to take anything from this, it's these are the people that need our support. And, you know, anything to get their message across. And we are so thankful that these people exist. And like this story that we're all a part of and get to be involved with, I mean, it was not their choice, but 
we can make a difference and make it worth their while. So if you're going to take anything from this podcast, take the awesome and amazing efforts of the Quileute people and moving their cultural land to higher ground. Yes. Thanks so much, Paige. And if I could be, if I could be selfish and say, if you can take one other thing, just know that we love you. We love you for who you are. And yeah, feel free to hit us up on any of our socials, our personal or our tapped ones. We're not going to delete them. I was kidding. We, we would never do that. I mean, I can't speak for Emily, but I love attention. So. Okay. Well, for the last time, I do got to ask, Paige, what do you got for him? Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. What if we did one together? (laughs) Okay. All right. What do you want to do? Well, I was just going to say, give me a stream of conscious from you, and then I'll keep it going, and then let's just keep it going. Oh, this is too much pressure. I can't. I can't. (laughs) Okay, here, I'll start it. I'll start it. Unity. Hope. Dreams. The galaxies explode with you. Bring forth your eternal, effervescent self. And always remember, I before E, except after C. <coughs> that was so stupid. Cut that out. Cut that out. I hate, I hate. <laughs> Fine. Okay. We love you all. Thank you so much for everything. Bye. Bye. We love you. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.